Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee inviting you to join me for the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past, headlining some of the world's most famous personalities. On this program, we are featuring Don Amici and Francis Langford as the Bickersons, plus Bob Hope with his special guest star, Al Jolson. From their show of November 15th, 1947, here's Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson tosses fitfully as poor husband John, afflicted with a rare form of insomnia characterized by an inability to sleep on spikes, enters the crucial stage during an attack of the dread ailment. Listen. Rod. <laughs> this is the part he loves. What is it, John? What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at, Roger? What's the matter, hmm? You're giggling like a tickled schoolgirl. What are you dreaming about? A tickling schoolgirl. What? <laughs> What's the matter, Blanche? What, what did you wake me up for? Hmm? Do you know what time it is? No. It's half past three, and you've been snoring steadily since ten o'clock. Ten o'clock? I didn't go to bed till eleven. No, but you fell asleep at the dinner table tonight, right in the middle of dessert. Ugh. I think you deliberately fell asleep to avoid talking to me anyway. No. I had a very tough day. I'm dead on my feet. You never talk to me, John. Actually, you haven't said anything since you proposed to me. I think I said too much then. <laughs> You're not the only one who regrets it, you know. I don't regret it. I'm just sleepy. I don't need a building to fall on my head. I can tell by your attitude. You're not even pleasant when you're not sleepy. Are you? Yes, I am. Generally speaking. You certainly are. <laughs> I am what? Generally speaking. <laughs> You're the one who always starts everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sure, it's easy to say you're sorry now. No, it isn't. <laughs> From the first day I met you, I've done nothing but suffer. You've always been a conceited, selfish, inconsiderate, lazy brute. Then why did you marry me? I didn't know it then. You did, too. Everybody knew it. <laughs> I could cry when I think of the way you've treated me. The first time I cooked a stew for you, the cat ate it up before you got home. I was broken-hearted, but did you offer me any sympathy? I got you a new cat, didn't I? <laughs> the cat didn't die until a month later, and it wasn't from my cooking. You kept putting bourbon in her milk. Bourbon never hurt anybody. It killed the cat. That's because she mixed it with milk. <laughs> I begged her to drink it straight. I want to sleep. It amazes me that you can sleep at all with your guilty conscience. 
What have I done now? How could you, John? How could I what? How could you forget that it's my birthday next week? <laughs> oh, Blanche, this is really getting silly. You'd better see a psychiatrist. That kind of talk won't help you, John. You're just trying to make me forget you forgot to remember not to forget my birthday. There must be a simpler way of saying that. You might at least have bought me a present. I did buy a present. It'll be delivered on your birthday. I'm having your name engraved on it. What is it? It's a genuine imitation alligator traveling bag. <laughs> traveling bag. Last year, you got me a cosmetic set. And the year before that, you got me a set of encyclopedias. It isn't hard to see what you're thinking. What am I thinking? I'm stupid, I'm ugly, and you want to get rid of me. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing in all my life. Now, it's true, isn't it? I'm stupid, I'm ugly, and you want to get rid of me. I do not want to get rid of you. But I'm stupid and ugly. I didn't say that. But you think it of me. I never think of you at all. Don't yell at me. <laughs> You're giving me that dreadful pain again. What pain? Oh, nothing. Are you sick again? What pain? What are you talking about? It's my head. I've had it off and on for the last three weeks. <laughs> Take it off now and go to sleep. A lot you care about me. I'm warning you, John Bickerson, I won't touch your cheap old present. It's a beautiful bag and it set me back $8. You know how I've been longing for some new clothes. Why don't you get your $8 back, add a little money to it, and buy me an ermine wrap? Add a little money to it? Do you know how much an ermine wrap costs? Mel Shaw bought one for Louise. What do I care? I can't afford suspenders, so how can I buy you an ermine wrap? Mel Shaw makes less than you do, and he buys Louise ermine wraps and still manages to dress Natalie. Natalie who? <laughs> you know what I mean. I want an ermine wrap. You can't have an ermine wrap. You'll take the bag and like it. Where will I travel with it? I swear, as soon as I have enough in the bank, I'm going to send you on a trip around the world. Maybe I don't want to go there. Go where? Around the world. Suppose I want to go someplace else. <laughs> Besides, you'd probably send me on one of those horrid old banana boats with a lot of convicts rowing it. Anything to get me out of your sights. I'm not sending you on a banana boat. I can see the boat getting caught in the storm. A wave will wash me into the ocean. I'm going down for the third time, and you're cruising by in your luxury liner. Blanche! Why don't you throw me a life belt, John? <laughs> Why don't you stop getting hysterical, Blanche? It's four o'clock in the morning and I've got to get some sleep. You'd have been asleep hours ago if it hadn't been for your snoring. Well, can I help it if I snore? Yes, you can. Dr. Hersey says you snore because you don't get enough exercise. Dr. Hersey. He says you should play golf or badminton. Okay, I'll start next week. You say it, but you won't do it. Do it now. What? Go on, get up and play badminton. Boy, are you out of your mind? Who can I play with at four o'clock in the morning? Call your girlfriend, Gloria Gooseby. Oh, now don't start with Gloria Gooseby. You'd love to play badminton with her if she was willing. She's always willing and we never play badminton. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to play anything with Gloria Gooseby and I forbid you to mention her name again. Oh, hush up and go to sleep. Sure, go to sleep, she tells me. Works me into a frenzy with bananas and badminton. Hates my present. Now she tells me, go to sleep. <laughs> sure. I'll never sleep. Another wink as long as I... John, the telephone, answer it. Hello. Go to the phone and answer no. it. No. Never saw it to fail at the minute. Ow! Oh. Hello. This is the phone company troubleshooter. Did your telephone ring all right? <laughs> what? 
The wires are down in your neighborhood, and we're trying to trace the break. Can you hear me? Huh? Will you please say something to me and say it loud? Drop dead! <laughs> I never heard of such a thing. That wasn't the phone company. That's a plot. Everybody wants to keep me awake. Nobody wants to keep you awake, dear. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. John. Uh. Can I have something else instead of the bag? If they haven't engraved it yet. What do you want? I'd like the money instead. I need it for the rent. The rent? There's $90 in the cookie jar. No, there isn't. Here's two. I looked yesterday. You didn't look today. <laughs> oh, now, Blanche, don't tell I me to... I spend it foolishly. I bought Christmas cards. $90 worth of Christmas cards? What kind of insanity is that? I can't afford to throw away $90 on Christmas cards. Don't scream at me. I deny myself everything. I cut my own hair. I nail rubber heels on my socks to save on shoes. My shorts look like lace curtains. And she squanders $90 on Christmas cards. They're not for my own use. I'm going into business. I bought them for five cents a dozen, and I can get a quarter apiece for them. Five cents a dozen? Let me see those cards. They're lovely. They all have a pretty design, and I'll sell them like hotcakes. Here, look at this one. Read the poetry on it. Let me see it. Season's greetings. Christmas comes but once a year, and so let's hoist our cup of cheer. I hope that you'll hear soon from Sandy. Merry Christmas, dearest Andy. <laughs> Why, that's crummy. Let me see another one. They're all the same. All the same? 20,000 cards all for an ant? There aren't that many ants in the world. I knew you'd pick on me. All I'm trying to do is make a little extra money so I don't have to ask you for it. You keep telling me how poor we are. Well, you're just making us poor. How could you throw away the rent money on such a stupid investment? Well... Maybe I made a mistake. I'm sorry, John. Oh, what's the use? Forget it and go to sleep. Go to sleep, he tells me. I make his life miserable. Throw away his hard-earned money. Keep him awake all hours of the night. Go to sleep, he tells me. I'll never sleep another wink as long as I... <laughs> and she complains about my snoring. With the release of the motion picture The Jolson Story, Mr. Jolson became one of the most sought-after guest stars on radio. On April 8, 1947, he appeared as guest on The Bob Hope Show. That's wonderful. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to present one of the all-time great names in show business, the man who thrilled us for years in the stage and then thrilled us again in The Jolson Story. Here he is himself, Mr. Al Jolson, right here.
everything and everything a son gives me that don't you later that's why I can hardly wait come on open up open up open up that golden gate California here Juice is wonderful stuff, and that oh, was yeah. <laughs> really wonderful. Well, naturally, it was Bob. You see, that song is from my picture, the Jolson story. But I saw a picture last night that was out of this world 20th Century Fox, Alexander's Ragtime Band. A great picture, Bob, with great music. Yes, it's a wonderful picture. Yeah. You know, Al, Desi Arnaz and his boys have copied the exact style of Alexander's Ragtime Band. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. In fact, his maraca players are still wearing the same rags. I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> No, those aren't Maracas players, Al. They're a couple of rejects from Queen for a day. But you know, Al... <laughs> you know, Al, your singing is such a big success, even Frank Sinatra's imitating you. Frankie is imitating me? Yes, sir. On his last program, twice he tried to get up on one knee to sing. <laughs> but it's wonderful to see a healthy singer. I never saw you looking better, and you're so frisky. Tell me, how do you do it? Bob... A man's just as old as he feels. And the way I feel, I'm going out and get another bowl of pablum. Really, I think so. Take it easy, Al. I'd have a tough time burping you. I want to tell you one thing. You look great. Now, wait a minute, Bob. Let's forget the jokes for a few minutes, will you? You know something? What? I'd like to win a Chevrolet. (laughs) Don't tell me you said in a jingle. Sure, listen to this. My favorite brunette is Larry Parks. He makes with emotions while I make with a barks. Here we go! Come on in here. Come on in here, Alexander's Ragtime Band. Come on in here. Come on in here. It's the best band in the land. Say, Bob, come in there. Come in there with it. Bob. Oh, you got a joke! We got to... Oh, you, Bob, ask me that again. All right. Ask me that again. Don't do that. We're having Shelton up here with us. Wait a minute. And Al, look, you've been making so many guest appearances. Tell me, why don't you get your own radio show? What? And be only... Wait a minute, will you? (laughs) Ask me that again. Why don't you get your own radio show? What? And be only air only once a week? That's it. Hurry up, Bob. We'll be on an hour. (laughs) Not on this network. You're not kidding, Al. You know, you've been on so many radio programs, I hear the other day a housewife went into her grocery store and asked for a box of Jolson's. (laughs) Oh, they're good with mustard. But listen, Bob. (laughs) Just how many guest appearances have you made on the radio? Fifteen. Counting tonight? No, I don't count benefits. (laughs) Al, 
Now, look, Think. What do you want more money for? You know, there's no way you can take it with you. I know. But by the time I'm ready to leave, maybe Canada will have figured out something. You can't tell. You know. <laughs> I feel the same way about Crosby. But you know, Al... Uh, we haven't mentioned my favorite brunette for seven or eight seconds. How'd you like the picture? Well, I don't think you have anything to worry about. You don't? No, after all, I was older than you and I made my comeback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it took two of you to do it. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid in Cleveland, Al, I used to dream of being like you. So really? I started telling jokes yes. and more jokes. Yes. And now I'm here in Hollywood, too. That's right, Bob. Who says crime don't pay? That's what I <laughs> You know, I don't have to do this for a living. I can always sell eyebrow tweezers to John L. Lewis. Bob, you won't get no coal next season. <laughs> we'll need it out here, too. Ah, oh, but memories are great, Bob. I, I remember the first time I met you. Yeah, it was at the swankiest hotel in Cleveland, wasn't it? That's right, Bob. And one thing I've always regretted, I never got a chance to apologize for not tipping you when you brought up the ice water. I remember... Oh, think nothing of it. Oh. Your pocket was one of the easiest I ever picked. Well, think nothing of it. I'll never forget that time we first met. I was playing in Cleveland, and I phoned down to the hotel operator. Operator, operator. Yes, sir. Operator, this is Al Jolson. Al Jolson! Oh, Joey! And Sinatra thinks he started that. Okay, I'd like to send you, but the elevator don't go down that far. <laughs> Say, operator, where's that bellboy with my thing? Never mind, I think he's at the door now. Mr. Jolson? Who'd you think it was, Sophie Tucker? Uh, <laughs> here's your suit, Mr. Jolson. What took you so long, bellhop? I just got to work and I had to take it off. Well, here you are, sir. Do you always carry clothes <laughs> that way? Yes, sir. Doesn't a hanger leave a mark on your nose? <laughs> Only when they have overcoats on them. What? <laughs> What's your name, son? Leslie Hope. Leslie. I'm trying to be a comedian, Mr. Jolson. Mm -hmm. Listen to this joke. It'll kill you. Yeah. Every man has a wife, but a nice man has his pick. Ha, 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 How it, was that, Mr. Jolson? It stinks, but stop tickling me. Listen. <laughs> What, what makes you think you'll never be a comedian? Well, last night I won first prize at amateur night over at the Bijou. What did they give you for first prize? Two tickets for the Rivoli. Mm. <laughs> but I'm sure I'll make a great comic. Just a moment. Let me give you a little advice, son. Show business is a very tough racket. You go from town to town, knocking your brains out. It's a long, tough grind to the top. And if you get into it, you'll wish you were dead. Then why are you in it? The money is great. <laughs> Now, look, son, I gotta get dressed. I have a show to catch. Well, here's your coat, sir. But where's the pants for the suit? Did it have pants? No, the jacket came with a bubble. Now, look, son, wait a minute. Don't stand there, boy. Find my pants. I'll phone down and see if the bell captain has them. Yeah. Hello? Oh, well, listen, bell captain, Mr. Jolson doesn't have his pants. Well, tell him to leave by the back entrance. <laughs> and what does Jolson's pants look like? You only have one pair like them. They have a padded left knee. What? <laughs> let me, let me, let me talk to the bell captain. Hello? This is Al Jolson. Who? Al Jolson. Mammy. Son of boy. Yeah, they got one man's family on the wire. What? 
Listen, you run in the tailor shop and get my pants pronto. Okay. What am I running for? My name ain't Prado. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Jolson, while you're waiting, I'll show you my act. Yeah? What can I do? You caught me with my pants down. Now look. Oh, now, wait a minute. I'll show you whether I've got it. Just listen. I'll sing one of your greatest songs. Okay. Oh, California, here I come, yeah. Right back where I started from, yeah. Where flowers of flowers bloom in the spring. Oh, needs more. <laughs> Give me a chance, Mr. Jolson. Each morning, a dawn, and birdies sing and everything. A sun-kissed miss said, don't be late, don't be late. That's why I can hardly wait. I want open, open up that golden gate. <laughs> oh. Opened up the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Opened up the pearly gate, too, didn't I? <laughs> memory of what Easter season brought, indeed as well as thought, the good you did for each crippled kid with the Easter seals you bought, and we thank you so much, and thanks for the memory of this month that set aside in a drive that's nationwide to help ensure a cancer cure that's bound to turn the tide. And we thank you so much. Yes, sir, and folks, the king size, thank you to Al Jolson. Al Jolson, there's the kind of a showman I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> a showman like Al Jolson only happened once in a lifetime. Same in the songwriting game. You only get one Irving Berlin in a lifetime. Those wonderful tunes in Alexander's ragtime band, surely proven. Confidentially, Paramount tells me that pictures like my favorite Burnett only come once in a lifetime, too. And at first, I didn't believe it, but Paramount is a big company, so I guess they wouldn't dare say it if it wasn't true. <laughs> well, that's all, except next week we'll have that MGM charmer, Van Johnson, with us. Until then, good night. Thank <laughs> you to send your jingles right away. Exodus giving away four Chevrolets every seven days. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California, inviting you back next week for more shows and personalities from Radio's Golden Days. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.